0: Hope Through the Fire, a bi-weekly podcast that highlights the stories of people who have faced great trials, but found lasting hope through Christ and His Word.
1: We are Bob and Kelly, and we are your hosts as we walk through these beautiful stories of hope. God has become so real to us through some of our own personal trials, and we want to help you find that same joy even in difficult times.
0: We believe these stories will inspire you to look for the beauty in the ashes and experience God's grace so let's get started will will my soul you Welcome to the Hope Through the Fire podcast. This is episode eight. We are your dynamic duo host. I'm Bob. And I'm Kelly. And thank you so much for joining us. And if you have been listening to this podcast, you know that the stories that we tell here are deeply felt. They're transparent. At times, it can be very emotional. But as the stories grow, we always desire to make the connection from the fire to God's glory. And today's episode is going to be a bit different. We're deviating from our normal interview format. So sorry, folks, but you have to put up with us today. And we're looking forward to hearing stories from other folks. But today we wanted to explain more details of our story going through the fire. I feel like you've reached your limit on saying folks. And hey, we are paragraph. in the South and we say folks around here. That's true. We're just very folksy people. That is very true.
1: I, I rescind my statement. Thank you very much. Welcome to the folks. So, we do hate to disappoint y'all if you're expecting a special guest today, but we realized there were several elements of our story that we haven't yet covered. We told you all kind of how that we had to leave Germany, but we haven't been able to um, continue that story. So, we want to finish that story up today. And we also don't want to keep dragging out our story so long. So that we can give time for other people's stories. Um, So today will kind of be the finalization of our story, if that's a word. Um, it is. Finishing up that story and kind of really giving God glory for what he's done in our story, because we have some exciting news to share with you today in the
0: podcast. And the main thing we want you to take from this segment of our story is something that we had to learn concerning doing God's will and understanding his direction for our life. So let's pick up our story where we left off.
1: I think the last time we talked about this, we mentioned that we had just arrived in Greenville, Tennessee, which if you've never been here before, it's really the middle of nowhere. It's close to a lot of bigger cities, but there's not much in actual Greenville. Um, We didn't know anyone when we got here. A week after we got here, COVID happened, so that was a very interesting place to be. But we were so thankful for a house that we were able to stay in for the first five months rent-free. But it got lonely pretty quickly, not knowing anyone here, really not knowing what there is to do in Greenville or if there was anything to do in Greenville. Um, It's a small city. Um, Its biggest claim to fame, for anybody who's interested, is that it is the home of President Andrew Johnson. And just to remind everyone who that is, he was the 17th president um, and... Everywhere you go here you're going the highways are named after him banks are named after him hotels are named after him so you can't quite live here very long without so, realizing wait, that is a wait big Wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. Did you just share a bunch of useless facts? I did. This this is blowing my mind because yes. I am usually the the king of useless facts. That's my job. That dude. is your
1: job. But I decided to to take it. You already took folks this time so I felt like it was my turn to share something.
0: Well, I'm pretty proud of you that yeah. You are sharing useless facts.
1: Useless fact. Number one, probably be the last one. So (laughs) hold on to it tight. (laughs) So back to our story, not too long before arriving in Greenville, we found out that our friends, Joel and Kelly, were living about 30 minutes from us. And we kept asking God, why Greenville? Why did we come here? What was the purpose? But he gave us Joel and Kelly for that time that we were here. And they probably to this day have no idea what a great encouragement that they were to us in those first days.
0: And so just a quick review, some of you may be new listeners and you may be wondering like, what is this fire that Bob and Kelly went through? We faced a really difficult time back in December of 2019 when our pastor... Sent out letters to our all our supporters recommending that they discontinue supporting us and our ministry in Germany We were serving God there as missionaries for many years and if you've been listening to our story, you know That what our former pastor did uh, it really hurt us it, it all we the whole reason why he did that was because we went against his preferences and he labeled us unworthy of supporting us in our ministry and because of that, many people saw us as damaged goods, and we were really, really discouraged during that time. So we had to come back to the stage, try to re-raise support. We lost financial stability. We lost a lot of friends and, and a lot of people who we thought that were mentors. We lost our home in Germany. We lost our ministry in Germany. There's a lot of things going on in our life all at one time. And I remember when we were meeting in Joel and Kelly's house for a Bible study that we had formed, it was during those long COVID months, you remember mm-hmm. that, where where all the churches uh, were closed down and only going online, and we, we were craving fellowship, and so Joel and Kelly would invite us over to their house, we'd meet together with them, we'd worship, we'd study the Bible together. And between
1: I, our two families, we had enough for a small church. We they did. have five kids. We have three kids, so we get together. We had we had a small and, church. and the
0: kids were passing out the the music sheets. <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> and uh, there was a little nursery in the back, I think. And, and the I kids were playing. I miss those simple times. It was it was some great times, and we really bonded together and, and encouraged each other. And I remember during one of those times that we were there, whether it was a Bible study that Joel was doing or just something that he shared with us to encourage us personally, but he, he, he shared 1 Peter 4, 12-13. And those verses were extremely helpful for us. Those verses say, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so, in the midst of our fire, in this really discouraging time that we were going through, God used Joel to remind us that going through the fires should not surprise us, nor should we consider it abnormal that we were going through the hardships. And if you know anything about Joel, we, we we affectionately call him the gentle giant. He's like six ten. He's he's huge, but he he had a way of just helping us and calming us and being very pastorally to us. Mm-hmm. He didn't say these words in a harsh way. He wasn't like telling us, "Hey, pull yourself from the up uh, from your bootstraps and stop being discouraged." No, he was he was trying to help us to understand that hey, we all will go through trials, and and there's something through that that we can learn. We are partaking in Christ's sufferings. And part of Christ's sufferings was rejection. And through it all, we need to learn that our suffering should produce rejoicing.
1: And to rejoice in suffering sounds like a contradiction, but it is a possible reality if our suffering is viewed in spiritual terms. And we're not trying to say this with rose-colored glasses. We're not trying to view right. it. That we went through times of absolute despair right so we're not trying to say we were always oh we're rejoicing and suffering we we definitely were not there were times where we were in pits of despair mm-hmm. and just horrible times where didn't even honestly no words to pray Because it was, I don't even know what to pray right now. So there were times like that. But through it all, there were times where we were able to rejoice in that suffering um, as God healed us at different times. Um, But there is rejoicing in Christ's suffering because He conquered death and sin. So for us, there is a rejoicing in our suffering that we can experience because of God's constant provision and care. And that is something we just want to give God the glory for right now. Mm -hmm. We experienced... Even though we we lost a lot of other things, we never lost that provision and care. And there was time and time again that we saw God prove His goodness and grace to us. And on paper, honestly, financially, there is no way that any of it makes sense, that we stayed financially afloat with the amount of money that we had coming in every month. But we did. God used so many different family members and friends that gave generously to us, They were so actual complete strangers that God used to help meet our needs. People that we just met in a restaurant or something like that that would give us money. We started to write down right away back in December because instantly God just started pouring out blessings and just giving us what we needed to provide for us. So we started to write those down in a book and we've kind of gotten away from that. We need to go back and Mm -hmm. try to fill in some of the holes of the so many things that God did. But it's been so encouraging to look back through that book of the early days and see the many ways that God provided for our family. And our kids got to experience that. And I just love that, that they got to watch God take care of us.
0: And we can't forget those churches and individuals who did stick with us. Yeah. We had people who continued to support us. Mm-hmm. They they saw through all the stuff that was happening. And they realized that, that we weren't damaged goods and they wanted to keep helping us. And so we were still receiving monthly donations from from uh, churches and individuals and even though it might not have been enough for us to live in Germany, it did it did help us survive in good old Greenville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after we had arrived um, here in Greenville that they were building a brand new Chick-fil-A in Greenville. And so God's Chicken arrived in <laughs> Greenville. And it was the biggest thing that yeah, happened it was a here big deal. in Greenville. I mean, there's not much going on here. And so when, when Chick-fil-A came here, it was huge, you know. And I was able to get hired on. Uh, right away during the grand opening, and it that was a huge blessing. And the owner operator of that Chick Fil A was a believer, or he is a believer. And I told him about our desire to return to Germany. He still hired me. He knew that it would be temporary, and uh, but he he wanted to help us. He said I want he wanted to do anything he could to get us back to Germany. And then shortly after getting hired, I got promoted to a, a manager. So between the support we're receiving. Uh, from those individuals and in churches, to the income that we were uh, getting from Chick-fil-A, to family, friends, and even strangers helping us, we saw that God was meeting our needs in ways that we never expected. Um, but our story, though, unfortunately, it does take a sad turn concerning our church in Germany. And so we started a church, and the Lord helped, uh, used us to start a church in 2015. And it was a very sad thing for us to have to say goodbye to them when we came back to the States to re-raise our funds. But in May of 2020, things really started going downhill for the church there. Um, and and, and it, the, the church had to close its doors then. And maybe it was due to, to the, the stress of us being here and the, then COVID, um, uh, the, the, the burden of COVID on their shoulders. We're really not completely sure of all the details there. Some things that I don't think we'll ever know. I just know that there was there was a lot of lot of issues and difficulties that was happening there on the ground in Germany. And I think a lot of the folks there at, the, at our church, people that we've invested time and uh, friends of ours who we we've tried to help and counsel. I think they just lost a, a had a sense of lost hope that we would ever return. Whatever it was. The church voted to close its doors in May of 2020. So
1: to be honest, this was harder for us than the first part of our difficult journey. This was a blow to us. We were beyond crushed. We'd given our lives to to this church in Germany, to these people. We loved each one of them, had invested in their lives, had spent time with their families, eating meals together. And in a very short time, everything that we had invested in was gone. And on one hand, I think it was then for me that I started to see that maybe this was, this was God closing the door to us going back to Germany. It just didn't make sense that we would have to leave Germany and within two months the church would close down. But. We both, between, I mean, we talked about it, and we just felt determined that we would return to Germany, that God could use us in a different way. Um, So the love and desire for Germany never waned. We didn't ever lose that desire to want to get back there. Mm -hmm. And we tried so hard. We wanted so bad to return. We wanted to continue to share the gospel with German-speaking people, just like we'd done for the last nearly 10 years. But there was something from that time that was nagging in the back of my mind. Is this God just closing the doors to Germany? But we continued on because we knew that we still love Germany and we still want to be a part of that. So we continue trying everything we could to get back there.
0: There was an additional blessing that emerged through all this additional fire we were facing. And that was the blessing of community through church. Uh, in January, to back up just a little bit, in January of 2020, the Lord did lead us to, to um, come uh, in partnership with a new sending church and a new pastor. And they, they showered so much love on us and a, a church uh, is High Point Baptist Church in Germany. It's a military church. They took us on as their personal missionaries. And their emotional and spiritual support, it came at the right mm-hmm. time that we needed. And our pastor, Dwayne Beach, and his wife, Daylin, they were such a blessing during these dark days. And so in, in May, when when the church closed down, there were many times, and even after that, not just in May, but uh, throughout this whole fire that we've been going through while we've been here in Tennessee, uh, there were many times that we would call him up and and through a Zoom chat or something like that, and we would cry on his shoulder digitally, (laughs) and he would counsel us through numerous video conferencing meetings. And it was such a great blessing to have that in our life.
1: And God also provided us with a church here locally once COVID was over, we were finally able to go and be a part of that church. And before we moved to Germany, we looked online, tried to find a church that we thought would um, be a good church for us. And we contacted a church called Arrowhead Church here in Greenville, and the pastor's name was Lee Brown. And he immediately set up a time, I think that first week when COVID was going on, because we had planned to be here on that first Sunday, and then the church Closed down for the next three months. But when we contacted him, um, we spent a long time telling him our story. And it was so helpful to have his counsel as well. And part of his counsel for, what, for us during that time was to use our time there at that church to heal. And we needed to allow God to heal us from all the pain that we had experienced in the past few months. And Lee recognized that our DNA was to minister. But he wanted us to try to heal first before jumping into ministry. And COVID really was helpful in that part, I think, allowing us that time Mm -hmm. to heal before we were able to jump in and start helping and ministering.
0: And I'd like to to throw in this little tidbit of information. A lot of people want to get away from community when they're going through the fire. And I, I think that that is something that we as believers, we need to learn to kind of change in our mindset. When we're going through a fire, we need that more than ever. And so we are so thankful to have this dual church support team, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. having having a church in Germany that was praying for us and helping us and getting counsel from our pastor there, and then also having the local church here in Greenville that was helping us. And So along with this dual support team and then all the other the churches and individuals that were partnering with, with us, we were determined to raise the remaining funds that we needed to get back to Germany as quickly as possible. But COVID kept setting us back, and the opportunity for us to regularly present our ministries, uh, ministry with with uh, individuals and churches, those hopes for that for future support just was was not possible. It just was such a complicated, difficult time. So I got into a mindset that really wasn't healthy. And yeah. you know, sometimes for me, I get something in my head; it gets stuck there. Really? And, okay, I'm being I'm admitting. <laughs> That I have a problem here. All the world is going to know that I am stubborn. (laughs) There you go. Are you happy? No, not at all. Not at all. Would you like (laughs) me to continue? Sure. But I do. I had that. I had a mindset that that got stuck in my head, and that mindset was I needed to control the situation. Mm -hmm. I would come home from Chick-fil-A. I'd spend hours calling, emailing, texting potential donors each time thinking that we would get to the right connection or I'm building the right network so that we can get the donations that we needed to get back to Germany. But there was a recurring theme that kept presenting itself. i tell our story. i tell what we would try to do. People were saddened what we went through. They'd get excited for our determination to get back to Germany. And, uh, but we never would get any momentum in raising the funds we need. We'd, have a, we'd get a few new donor, donors who'd help us, But so many people would not commit to helping us.
1: It was in February of this year when we came back from one of those attempts to try to to gain some support at a conference in Las Vegas that we both started to really start to ask, God, are you closing the door on our returning to Germany full time? I remember before we went, you were so excited and you you were insisting this is going to be it. This is going to be the one where we're going to get a new network of friends, and this is going to blow the door open, and we're going to finally start making some progress. But we came back, and at the beginning, it looked promising, but as a month went by, we started to realize it was the same thing, where we just could not get it, gain any momentum.
0: Now, it could have been that I wasted all our money on the slot machines. Yeah, that's
1: definitely it. Hoping
0: <laughs> to get new support that way, but it, you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, yes, and of course, that's all a joke. We didn't have any money to blow. so We had no money to blow. Um, but it was frustrating when we returned uh, from that trip, and I had kind of a, a downtime where uh, we weren't getting any new new donations or anything. But there was uh, a very encouraging, part of that story. And on a side note, that conference connected us with Pastor Aaron Swain. Mm -hmm. And for our regular listeners, that that last name Swain might sound familiar. Aaron is the husband of Rebecca Swain, who we interviewed back in episode four. And that episode is our most downloaded episode to date. It's one of the most phenomenal episodes of God's grace. Beautiful episode. So go back, and if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to episode four with Rebecca Swain. So that was an encouraging part. Even though we were a little discouraged that nothing came out of that f- with new donations, it was wonderful to to have that relationship built there with uh, the Swains. Um, it was after that conference, though, that the re- the Lord really started to speak to my heart. And I realized that I needed to stop trying to control the situation. I needed to allow God to do the work in our lives. And I needed to learn to ask God to do his will instead of me forcing my will in the situation.
1: And our will going back to Germany wasn't a bad thing. Right. But we started to realize that maybe that's not what God wanted. This is not, not, not that it was a bad thing for us to want to go back to Germany. So we both started to pray specifically for God to do something. If God wanted us to go back to Germany, then we were praying for him to specifically show us if that's what he wanted. If he wanted us to stay in Greenville, we asked God to open specific doors for us to continue ministering in whatever capacity he chose. If he chooses to move to someplace else, we just asked that it was something specific. But the root of our prayer was telling God that we were willing to do whatever he wanted to do. And I remember praying, God, any door that you open, we'll walk through it.
0: I not only needed to stop trying to control the situation, but I needed to take the idol of Germany off the table. Now, Some of you might say, well, what's this? Why is that an idol? And just like Kelly said, that's not a bad thing. But anything that comes before God, whether it's good or bad, is an idol. And that's what that was happening in my life. I was so consumed with going back to Germany. I wasn't allowing God to direct us in any way he wanted. I had that going over and over in my mind that we needed to do this one thing. And I was so blinded to God's leading in our lives. I was drowning out his direction with my own ambition. I wanted to prove the naysayers wrong. They had all said we were damaged goods, that we couldn't minister in, in a foreign land. And I wanted to prove them wrong. I, I didn't. And then on another hand, I didn't want to disappoint those who were rooting for us to get back. Mm-hmm. I wanted so desperately to return to what I saw would be a lifelong ministry in Germany. But I had to finally come to a place where we, mainly I, needed to pray, not my will, but your will be done, God's will be done.
1: And so we started to change the way that we prayed. And as we told God that we wanted to see him do his will in our lives and that we would do whatever he wanted us to do, it changed the way that we started to pray. Um, God has a sense of humor. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Within a very short (laughs) amount of time not by anything that we were looking for. We had five different ministry possibilities kind of fall into our lap at the same time, which was really confusing. Right. Um, one of them was, and I think it was the second one that came our way was a paid position in Germany at a church. It would be a paid pastoral position. And we were like, this is it. This is how God's getting us back to Germany. So we were pumped. We were so excited. And within two weeks, we found out that that one had fallen through. Another was, an awesome teaching position in Hawaii at a Christian school.
0: Yeah, Hawaii, yeah, baby. baby.
1: That one was a little hard to say no to. <laughs> but right. again, we told God, we will walk through any door that you open. And God opened the doors, so we started to walk through them. So we began filling out applications for each of these things while asking God specifically to reveal His direction for our lives by closing those doors or opening another door or whatever way He had to do. And God slowly took away some of those things, and he closed some of those doors. And within a short amount of time, both Hawaii and this church in Germany, the doors closed on them. Um, as we always do on this podcast, we love to share a song that's meant a lot to us during a difficult time. And one of those songs during this difficult time was the song, Thy Will Be Done by Hillary Scott. And I just want to read the words quickly to that song. It says, I'm so confused. I know I heard you loud and clear. So I followed through, and somehow I ended up here. I don't want to think that I may never understand that my broken heart is part of your plan. When I try to pray, all I got is hurt and these four words, thy will be done. And then the second verse says, I know you're good, but this doesn't feel good right now. And I know you think of things I could never think about. It's hard to count it all joy when I'm distracted by the noise. I'm just trying to make sense of all your promises, but sometimes I have to, l- I have to stop And remember that you're God and I'm not. And then again, it says, so thy will be done. And then the end of the verse or the end of the kind of the second chorus, it says, I know you see me. I know you hear me, Lord. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. And then again, I know you hear me. I know you see me. Your plans are for me. Goodness you have in store. And we held onto this idea that God's plans were for us that was such an encouragement during this time where we were literally crying out to God with questions and doubts. And where, what did we miss? How did we miss this? How were we just going, pushing so hard against something that could not be possibly God's will?
0: And so we had all these different possibilities that kept falling in our laps. And one of those possibilities was a full-time paid position at First Christian Church here in Greenville. Since January of this year, we started to develop a wonderful relationship with a pastor there at First Christian Church. His name is Scott Wakefield. And it was around the end of March when we shared with him our struggle with determining God's next step in our lives. We were honest and open about our desire to be involved in full-time ministry, whether it was in Germany or elsewhere.
1: And I remember as we sat there and talked to him, we poured our hearts out about wanting to minister again, and he showed us pastoral care, which was just so kind of him. He wasn't our pastor, but he was just very, very in tune to what we were going through. And he has a unique way of saying things. And what he told us is we were not normal Christians. We were freaks who were wired differently, (laughs) as only he can say, um, who were wired differently to the tune of just being involved in full-time ministry or being all in. And he recognized God wasn't done with us, that our story wasn't over, and we were not damaged goods.
0: And we did share with Scott the other ministry possibilities, which we applied for. And he was rooting for for Hawaii. He was, and so was I, I guess. So he could come visit. Yeah, he wanted to come visit us, and I was wanting to work on my tan and surfing skills, which that doesn't exist. But anyway, Scott was... Um, talking with us, and he recognized these things in our life. And he started to share some things about First Christian Church's need for new staff members, because they were growing. Even in, in the time of COVID, they were still growing. They're expanding into new ministry opportunities. And they were wanting somebody from the inside of the church to, to develop and grow into those new ministries that they were having, that they're wanting to have. But there were no viable candidates, And so he started to tell us that that very morning of our talk, he had a meeting with the elders, and they agreed that they should look outside of the church for candidates. And he explained the position to us. It sounded great. And uh, we went away from that meeting, though, very confused, because we still had some of these things on on our, these other possibilities on our plate, and we just didn't know what God was doing. But Scott told us that he would get back with us after a little while. He'd, he'd share our name to the elders, and then they were the ones that would give us an offer. But we continued to pray for God's will to be done. Uh, for several weeks, we were as we were praying uh, through all these things, we kept our pastor in Germany, Dwayne Beach, and then also our pastor here in Greenville, Lee Brown, We were, our stateside pastor, We we were keeping them informed of what was going on, and we were seeking their counsel and guidance. And so
1: after what seemed like an eternity, we saw God close the door on each of those ministries. And I think it was honestly the next day that we got word from the church in Germany that mm. they had looked somewhere else. And then about a week or two later, I believe we also heard from Hawaii that that was not going to happen either. Um, so God closed the door on each of those ministry possibilities until the only one left standing was first Christian church. And near the end of may close to two months since our last conversation with Scott, he and the elders officially offered for us to come on staff at first Christian church we could clearly see that this was God's leading in our lives, exactly yes. how we asked him to do it very specifically, and God had done exactly what we'd asked him to do. And both Dwayne and Lee recognized it, and they counseled us to move forward with what God had shown us in our lives. So we accepted, and Bob started the second week in June. And two days later, or the day after he started, I was hired and started the following Monday working there as admin and comms in the office. And a verse that has stayed... On repeat mode, this is a verse that God gave me probably in May or June of the previous year, and I held on to this verse with two hands, and it said in 1 Peter 5, 10, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And it's been such a comfort to see how God has orchestrated everything for us for this restoration, for this confirmation, for this strengthening and the establishing. Here in a place that we originally knew very little about, mm-hmm. God knew about Greenville. I can remember so many times asking, why are we here? Why are we in Greenville? Yeah, me why me did God drop us in the middle of nowhere? Yep. But he directed us to do his will here for his glory.
0: And so maybe you're going through a fire that seems to have no end. Maybe in the midst of your chaotic struggles, you've lost hope. Is your suffering so intense that it's become a strain on your vocal cords and you're not able to rejoice? Is your fire choking you so much that you can't say your will be done, God? And the purpose of this podcast is to get you rejoicing again. It's to help you do God's will for your life. And yeah, we want you to keep listening. We want you to share this podcast, subscribe to it, and do all those things that help us grow our audience. But the purpose of this podcast is not about Kelly and I. It is to point you, the listener, to the Lord and to seek His grace that's available to you. It's to help you look to the Lord through the fire and cry out to Him. Experiencing God's will can be painful, but God's grace will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, all for God's glory. We want to hear your story, and if we can be an encouragement to you, please reach out to us. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or our website, HopeThroughTheFire.com. And so join us next time when we hear a story of how God can take someone's ashes.
1: And turn it into something beautiful.
0: I know you mean,